Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about mindful care partnering in autism is Dr. Abalash Desai. Dr. Desai is a geriatric psychiatrist and an adjunct associate professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Washington School of Medicine. He is the co-author of two books, One Day Mindfulness Millionaire, Living Mindfully, A Lighthearted Primer for the Uninitiated, and Psychiatric Consultation in Long-Term Care, A Guide for Healthcare Professionals. His practice focuses on helping patients with intellectual disabilities, autism, treatment-resistant schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder, dementias, and long-term care residents. The presented content does not provide or constitute medical, financial, or legal advice. The content is for information purposes only. Viewing or listening to the content does not constitute a physician-patient, dentist-patient, fiduciary client, or attorney-client relationship. How are you doing today, Dr. Desai? I'm doing well, but I could do better in Washington, D.C. You know why. <laughs> I love snow. I told you before, the seven inches that we have, I'm more than willing to just send you a, as much as I can because it's all over my front doorstep and I'm not very happy about it. <laughs> Please do it. I will. So for those joining us for the live webinar, if you have any questions, type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. So Dr. Desai, let's turn it over to you, Mindful Care Partnering in Autism. Hi, uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Knowledgeable Aging. Delighted to be here. I'll be talking about Mindful Care Partnering in Autism. Uh, financial disclosures, as Jason mentioned, my wife and I have written this book, uh, which I will suggest as a resource. Uh, uh, it's available, uh, the ebook is available for just one dollar. Uh, we wanted it to be available to people in poor countries, including India. I'm from India. And uh, besides this book, I have no other financial disclosures. The objectives for my talk would be to describe what is mindfulness, to discuss what is care partnering, and to discuss how this skill of mindful care partnering can enhance the well-being and quality of life of a person with autism as well as their family members and friends. The target audience is family members, parents, uh, siblings, grandparents, uncles, and also friends of a person with autism, uh, professional caregivers who are caring for the person with autism on a day-to-day -day basis are also a target audience, teachers, all healthcare professionals such as physicians, nurses, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, uh, board certified behavior analysts who work regularly with individuals with autism. Uh, the target audience is also individuals with high functioning autism, including Asperger's syndrome uh, or Asperger's, because again, uh, we have a relationship with ourselves and we can be mindful and partner with ourselves to improve our own wellness. Uh, and again, there are many individuals who have autism traits, and I believe this approach will help them also. So what are the benefits of mindful care partnering? One is that 
we would have improved awareness of our own fears, expectations, and judgments, and how they color the way we relate to the person with autism. This is very important because we want to have as less a possible influence of our fears, our negative judgments, and our unrealistic expectations. Otherwise, we are adding to the stress of the person with autism. Uh, the next benefit is improved capacity to see the situation from the point of view of the person with autism. And that is very important because individuals with autism have a very unique brain, a unique mind. They have very unique perspectives of life and other people. And it's important to develop the skill to try to at least see the situation from their point of view. Again, mindful care partnering is about honoring relationships, making relationships central to just about everything. Uh, it's also about connectedness, where we feel connected to the person with autism, but even more important, the person with autism feels connected to us. And then, of course, a sense of belonging, where we realize that we are not alone, that we do belong to each other. And that can provide a lot of relief, especially of anxiety. And then also mindful care partnering can improve our capacity to stay in the present and stay connected with the person with autism as well as ourselves in, a, in kinder and gentler ways. So, so the harshness and the coldness that sometimes we can have because of the stress can be much less. So what is mindfulness? Uh, William James, uh, I regard him very highly, uh, father of Western psychology. This is what he stated uh, many years ago. At that point, mindfulness was not a universally known concept. The faculty, the faculty, the word means skill. So the skill of voluntarily bringing back of wandering attention over and over again is the very root of judgment, character, and will. No one is compass sui if he have it not. An education which should improve this faculty would be the education par excellence. So again, this is what mindfulness is, awareness that our minds wander nothing to get upset about, that's what our minds do. But also we have the skill that we can develop to bring the wandering mind back again and again so that we can pay attention to the task at hand. The task at hand might be, say, we are taking a walk with the person with autism in a beautiful park. So again, instead of thinking about tomorrow or rehashing the past while we are walking, we bring our mind back so that we are actually present while we are walking with the person with autism in a beautiful park. And when we keep doing this, when we develop this skill, according to William James, we will have better judgment, meaning wisdom in this case, better character, so we'll be living with more integrity, and also more stronger willpower. So again, 
to me, this education that I'm providing is, according to him, a very crucial piece of how we can live better. The more common definition of mindfulness is by John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, meaning with intention, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. I would add over here that you know we are all judgmental. It's it's hard to be non-judgmental. So to me, sometimes it's important to be non-judgmental about being judgmental, just so that we tell ourselves that we are humans. We are just making errors and that's okay. So again, mindfulness is paying attention intentionally in the present moment and non-judgmentally. So what is care partnering? Care partnering is, again, uh, uh, a very unique concept that involves and includes everything that we do in caregiving. So everything that a father or a mother does to help their child with autism spectrum disorder uh, would be included here. But also, now if the father or mother starts involving the person with autism in the care partnering, in the decision-making, in the activity, uh, as a partner, as a guide, in fact, sometimes, as a collaborator, then we are taking the caregiving to the next level where we are care partnering. Again, if, if we develop the skill, then a lot of the problems that we are having or our loved one with autism is having can be easily solved because we are including them in this collaboration, in this figuring out what's troubling us, in figuring out what will make us happy. And the third component is being aware of the unique gifts that caregiving provides. So the caregivers, meaning say the parents, are also receiving a lot of unique gifts because of their role as caregivers. Uh, you know, parents of children with autism will never have to worry that uh, what is their purpose in life or whether they are needed. They are always needed. Their presence, their well-being is extremely important for the well-being of the person with autism. So that's a unique gift where they never have to wonder, why am I born? What's my purpose in life? Things like that. So, and there are many other gifts that, you know, at some other time we can chat. So let's try and approach this understanding from a different perspective in terms of what is mindlessness. So there are three components to mindlessness. One is autopilot, one is auto-reaction, and one is premature cognitive commitments. This is a term uh, coined by psychologist Dr. Ellen Langer. She's also written a book called Mindfulness. It's a wonderful book. I found it very useful. Uh, check it out. So autopilot, we all know autopilot. We've been on it. We are sometimes on it just about every day. An example would be, again, uh, you are uh, taking the person with autism to, say, a uh, doctor's office. And while driving, you are on autopilot, so you don't even realize that you may have passed the exit that you were supposed to take, and now you're late. 
So that would be an example of autopilot that you are just thinking and planning or, or, or replaying something in the past and not fully aware that you were driving, that you're driving to a clinic, that your child with autism is with you. Uh, and if you're aware, then again, you've saved a lot of stress of not missing the exit. And again, you know, this is going to happen. You are going to be on autopilot. You are going to make mistakes. So again, the mindfulness component of being non-judgmental, of being kind and gentle to ourselves needs to kick in. But now we don't start beating ourselves down for missing the exit or making other mistakes. So, so and that would go into auto reaction where, again, uh, when we make mistakes or when the person with autism does something, we auto react without pausing, without reflecting, without really thinking and then responding. We just react as if, OMG, oh my goodness, we start catastrophizing that this is going to be terrible. We're going to be late. Then we'll have to wait. Then the person, uh, your child with autism is going to have a meltdown. And again, you know, mindfulness means you just pause, you calm yourself down. You say, hey, you, you've started early. There is enough time. People are very nice and flexible in the office. Let me not get so worked up. So that would be an example of mindfulness as opposed to auto reaction. The last is premature cognitive commitments. An example would be that again, your child with autism uh, starts having significant episode of anxiety and you just automatically say, oh, that's their you know, autism uh, or they're just having a panic attack. They need to, let me get them some medicine. Uh, that would be an approach of mindlessness where you have prematurely committed to the fact that the reason your child is anxious and having this panic attack is because of this particular problem. With mindfulness, you can actually pause and say, is it that or could it be something else? And suddenly you realize that, you know, something in the environment has changed and that might be causing the person to uh, be so anxious. So you, uh, address that change in the environment, make it back to what your child is comfortable with, familiar and their anxiety settles down and you didn't have to resort to any medicines. So again, this would be an example of mindfulness helping you uh, help the person with uh, autism very quickly uh, and effectively, efficiently, as well as keeping your own stress lower. Uh, the mindfulness and care partnering that I talk about is based on neuroscience. Uh, we all have our CEO, prefrontal cortex, which is the executive. And it's important to keep this part of the brain strong. And mindfulness and this care partnering approach will keep this prefrontal cortex strong. And, and this is the front of the brain. And that's the main part that sort of helps the parts that are firing excessively because of anxiety or perceived threat. It helps them calm down. Uh, when you talk about impulse control, again, prefrontal cortex is the one that kicks in to restrain you from, say, yelling at your uh, child for some reason 
so it's all we need to do everything we can to strengthen our prefrontal cortex and executive function. And one way to do it is to regularly do meditation, physical exercise, and obviously mindful care partnering. Vagal nerve tone and stress hormones, very important concepts to understand. We are all anxious in general with life. Now with pandemic, our anxiety is even higher. So we are having chronic stress. Our cortisol levels are chronically high. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And that is causing a lot of damage to our health. It's increasing our cardiovascular risk, hypertension, uh, diabetes, weight gain. And the vagus nerve is our longest nerve. It's the rest and digest nerve. And it, it keeps the stress levels down. It keeps us in a, uh, a mode that is, helps us recover. And mindfulness care partnering will strengthen the vagal nerve tone. And in that way, the stress will be less harmful to you. Theory of mind networks, again, it's a concept uh, that has really exploded in the last 20 years. We know a lot about how this network works. It allows us to see things from a different perspective, from the perspective of the other person. So again, when we constantly try and see the perspective of the person with autism, we are strengthening theory of mind networks, and that obviously improves our capacity for empathy and compassion. The next is central coherence networks, our capacity to zoom in. So check the leaves and the trees and zoom out and have a more bird's eye view or forest view. Again, this is important when we are taking care of somebody with autism because sometimes if we don't zoom out, we may not realize the whole context and we may not be able to uh, uh, solve the problem as quickly uh, compared to just focusing on a very narrow aspect. Mirror neuron networks, again, are very important networks that we can activate where if we are calm, if we are positive, uh, then we will activate the similar mirror neuron networks in the person with autism, and that's how they can become calm, and they can also try and uh, uh, be as optimistic as possible. Uh, again, uh, this is a deeper concept, so at some point we can talk more about this. Uh, and last is neuroinflammation and general immune function. Again. Chronic stress can uh, negatively affect our uh, capacity to mount an immune response. Uh, and also chronic stress can cause neuroinflammation and lead to depression, memory problems. And mind mindful care partnering would not only improve our immune function, reduce inflammation in our own body and brain, but also make us hardy so that we can withstand stress infections better. And again, if we are well, then we can help the person with autism better if we are in good health. So again, uh, the benefits of mindful care partnering are many. Uh, improved awareness of fears, expectations, and judgments. Uh, another example would be uh, in, in this current situation of our pandemic, the, the fear of our loved one with autism getting COVID can be quite high. 
And again, if they're, they're having immune system problems or pre-existing allergies, then again, one gets worried about if should I give vaccine, should I not give vaccine? If I give vaccine, will they have an allergic reaction? If I don't give vaccine, and if they get COVID infection, will it be severe? There are a lot of fears, and, and we need to first be aware as caregivers, as parents say, that these are normal fears, but we need to navigate them. We need to not have be on autopilot or react uh, in a way that will just increase our anxiety by catastrophizing. We need to pause, we need to reflect, we need to talk to other people, our friends and family members, our uh, primary care providers, and figure things out. And again, mindful care partnering will help us do that in a much more efficient manner. Uh, the next is expectations. Uh, one of the things that I've seen in my work as a psychiatrist, and I see uh, children, I see adolescents, I see adults, and believe it or not, now I've started seeing individuals in long-term care, nursing homes, with autism spectrum disorder. And again, most of the time I tell the parents, uh, the staff, that their expectations are really unrealistic for many individuals with autism. And we need to have the right expectations. So I'm not saying to have low expectations, but again, we need to match the expectations with the person's unique neurological strengths, strengths of their mind, their unique physical strengths, the circumstances. And all this is much easier to do through the concept of mindful care partnering, where we are trying to observe the child uh, with autism, uh, get taken the information. So again, when you do mindful care partnering, the time goes slower and you are able to bring in more information. And again, more information you have, the better the decision you'll make about what are the strengths and what are the challenges, what are the right expectations. Uh, the next is judgment. Again, as I said, we are humans, we are going to be judgmental. But again, through the practice of mindfulness, we can be less judgmental. We can be non-judgmental when we are judgmental, so that we don't attribute some behavior to just saying, oh, that child is just uh, uh, wanting attention. It may not be that. If maybe the situation is different and they're having headache, they're having migraine, and then the intervention will be very different. But if you did not take this view of stepping out, avoiding any premature cognitive commitments, and you just went on that judgment, your auto reaction, that this is just them wanting attention, you may actually not meet their needs quickly enough, not meet their needs in the right way, and then unfortunately their anxiety, pain and stress will continue for a longer time. So let's really take a pause and understand how important mindful care partnering is. The next is improved capacities to see the situation from the point of view of the person with autism. Again, the person with autism, I believe, is doing everything they can to adjust, to, to adapt to the situation, but they are really allergic to change and through no fault of their own. 
So to me, it's really important for us to realize that with some things that are small to us might be big deals to them. And every effort we can make to make sure that, that if we introduce a change in their lives, we introduce it slowly. We introduce it with mechanisms to improve their capacity to soothe themselves and make sure that we are there to soothe them. Uh, if we see even a situation of just going uh, uh, to uh, a family gathering as being extremely stressful, if it is not done in a very mindful way, then uh, we may actually cause more distress to them, the person with autism as well as ourselves. The next is mindful care partnering uh, as a way to honor relationships. And again, you know, sometimes in the world of autism, especially with our, you know, neurobiological tendencies to uh, have a negativity bias, which means that we will remember negative events more, we will replay negative events more. Uh, mindful care partnering can help balance that, counteract that by enjoying an ordinary time where the child with autism is just enjoying whatever they are doing. Maybe they're playing a game, a video game, and they are enjoying, and you are happy, fully aware that you are present with your son or your daughter, that they are in your lives. And because of autism, sometimes I've seen parents say that uh, uh, there have been a lot of benefits that they have noticed because of this hardship. So again, uh, Mindful care partnering can remind us that we need to honor this relationship, uh, figure out ways to connect with the person better. Again, I one example would be when I uh, train uh, parents in mindfulness, I give them an assignment that for at least one or two minutes a day, I want you to just observe your child, whatever physical features you want to observe, just the hair, or their smile or their facial expression for at least one minute, that's it. And it's remarkable how powerful that kind of presence and noticing is that when they do that, they feel so much more connected. And also they notice things that they, until that time had never realized how uh, the hair of their child fell when they, they were busy with this particular activity, how they would make some cute facial expressions when they were having, say, itchy skin, things like that. So again, we need to realize that there are so many opportunities to deepen our relationships and improve our connectedness. And again, when, we, when parents and all of us are present, fully aware of the person with autism, then this gets translated so that the child with autism feels the presence of you. And now, because of this feeling, they have an enhanced sense of belonging. They have a sense, I would say, even that they are valued because they are aware of how aware you are of their presence. So again, we can even improve their uh, not only sense of belonging, but even sense of being valued uh, just as uh, another loving person.
the last is our improved capacity to stay in the present and stay connected with the person with autism and with ourselves in kinder and gentler ways. So uh, sometimes we live too much in our minds thinking about the future, planning or replaying the past. I should have done this, I should have done that. And we're missing out on just being with the person and more importantly, being in a very kind and gentle way. I think uh, as we develop this skill, we'll be surprised how much not only our stress is less, but our capacity to enjoy small joys in life uh, are greatly enhanced. Uh, again, uh, please check out uh, the book my wife and I wrote, uh, uh, One Day Mindfulness Millionaire, Living Mindfully, a primer, a lighthearted primer for the uninitiated. And also, uh, I would urge you to try this Palouse Mindfulness free training in mindfulness-based stress reduction. I've gone through this training at this website. The teacher is fantastic and it's free and uh, it'll really take your capacity to live mindfully to the next level. Hope this has been helpful. Namaste. Very good, Dr. Desse. Um, how can people find you? All right. So I'm in Boise, Idaho. Love <laughs> Idaho. Uh, I'm, as I said, a psychiatrist. Uh, they can email me at Idaho Memory Center at iCloud.com. And uh, as I'd mentioned, I do webinars, uh, I do workshops. My wife and I do trainings in resilience, in mindfulness, uh, compassion training. Uh, uh, so I'll welcome uh, any emails and we all, especially with this pandemic, need to work together more collaboratively the way we found each other, Jason. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Desai. Um, for Knowledgeable Aging, all of our archive webinars are found on our website, knowledgeableaging.com. You can also go to our YouTube page, type in Knowledgeable Aging. We encourage you to subscribe. We try to update the YouTube page at least five to six times a week with uh, updated content. Also, if podcasts are your thing, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Tunes, et cetera. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.